0: Happy Thursday, JC here with another podcast at Mercedes-Benz of Flagstaff. I'm sitting here with Trampas. Say hello, Trampas. Hi. He is the, uh, the GM partner of the dealership with Mr. Michael Martin, which I had the joy of talking to yesterday and uh first and foremost i'd like to say uh thank you for giving me your time by the way
1: no thank you for your time i appreciate it
0: you know i know a lot of dealers it's, it's kind of hard to 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 get to talking to a lot of dealers and the fact that you took the time to talk to me i really do appreciate that by the way
1: you're welcome i'm, ex- I'm a little nervous but i'm excited
0: for you're it. fine you're good okay. you're good so simple questions i'm not going to ask you anything about your childhood or anything like that <laughs> no, so you're good all right. so no, no funky stories right so the first thing we're going to talk about is this mausoleum is amazing like this dealership is just beautiful, man. Like if you had a Starbucks here, right? Hint, hint, idea. If you had a Starbucks here, people would come here instead of the local coffee shop just to come do their work. That's how beautiful this place is.
1: Well, thank you. You know, it was uh, it was a vision. It was the first store that uh, first store that me and Michael have ever built from ground up. You know, and so you got a chance to put your hands on it. I did, and it was. Uh, It was a a hard challenge, Um, but I think we both opened with open arms, you know, just because of the fact that being able to understand the architectural, the design, um, everything that goes into it and appreciate how it got built. Yeah. You know, you you see a lot of it. You see buildings start, you see them finish, but it's a real craft. It's a masterpiece what these guys can do. Yeah. The talent and... Every different angle that's coming in at it, it was, a, it was a challenging but very rewarding experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, how long did the process take overall?
1: Um, architectural took a long time in trying to get everything through the city of Flagstaff. Uh, understanding, yeah. understanding, you know, all the different approval process and, and falling under the codes. But once we broke ground, it was about eight months. Wow, okay. You know, it was about eight months. That's and actually not too bad. It was great. You know, it was really good. The process, the, the construction company we used, Love Construction, shout out. Class Act did a phenomenal job, just true professionals. Local? You know, local.
0: That's local. even better. Yeah. Now, was that important to you guys, right, to try and and align with a local construction company? I mean, I'm mean, i assuming that was something that was important to you and Mike. It
1: really was. You know, we, we really wanted to stay local. Um, of course, we bid it. And, uh, you know, they wanted the job. We actually met with Mike Levin, who's the, who's the owner of Levin Construction, and uh, just as honest as the day is long. And that's really what was important to us, you know, is... When the bid comes through, we've heard all the nightmare stories about, you know, being over budget. Seeing yeah, everything yeah. we were at, you know, we were right there. His team that he put in place was spot on. They were true professionals from start to finish. You know, every single week we've had a meeting. They didn't miss any. They were spot on. Um, it, it was just, you know, working in Flagstaff, knowing that they're such true professionals, and just, you know, it gave me another, you know, just an aspect
0: of how I need to make sure. I I always keep in mind on how I treat every one of our clients. Sure, that's fantastic. So, talk to me a little bit about the history of Trampas in the auto industry. So, uh, so don't take me back to when you were five. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Right. Bill. So, Bill. Auto. Automotive industry, right? Because this is an industry that everyone's got a story on how they got into this industry, right? Like, you know, yeah. I showed up for a salesman job and they made me a lot porter and, and I washed cars for two months before I even sold the car, right? Exactly. Uh, and I literally thought I was going in for a salesperson job, right? So everyone's got yeah. these interesting stories in this industry. What's your story?
1: Well, uh, you know, I was in high school and uh, I really wanted to get into, you know, body and painting. I thought I could do custom paint jobs and that kind of stuff, you know, and really, I loved it. And, and I got a job at a body shop. You know, and doing a lot of body work, and, and really moving on with it, and uh,
0: you're a gearhead.
1: I am. I loved it. Fair enough. Well, uh, I went to VICA, which was Vocational Industrial Clubs of America okay. for techie type of kids. You know, and uh, I, I won the state competition for collision and repair. Wow. Yeah, and that's was, a big deal. It was huge for me. You know, it was really big, and uh, I, I was excited. I was really thought I was going to do really well with it. Well, that summer. Went back to work at the body shop, and uh, I was young. I didn't understand everything, and uh, made a mistake. You know, we were draining a gas tank on a truck, and uh, didn't realize that a 20-gallon gas can- tank would not fit in a five-gallon bucket. Okay. So well, that's, ga- that's gas tough. gas started going okay, yeah, everywhere, yeah, 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 right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, it was a little weird, freak accident. But the fuel, when it was pouring over me, went to the breaker box. And we had an electrical spike at that time.
0: This already sounds like a bad ending, by the way. So the body shop started going up in flames.
1: My best friend, Dylan Talbot, who works for me now, he's my manager at the Buick GMC store okay. in the
0: body shop. I think I met him yesterday. Yes, he was good, there. Good guy.
1: And uh, I seen the flames coming. And they were coming in a hurry. I instantly jumped out. I tackled Dylan, true story. And I went over the top of him and went out the building. Dylan, I think, got tackled another time by the owner of the body shop. And Dylan was the last one out, but needless to say, the the body shop burned to the ground. Wow! Virtually every car in it, everything in it burned to the ground. Well, at that time,
0: so the roof is on fire. Literally, it's on
1: fire. It burned through the ground. I mean, wow. fire trucks could not come quick enough. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it was a horrible experience, but I think that's what started me in this direction. So um, all my body shop tools, which cost a lot of money, I, I didn't have enough money to buy new tools. So the only tools I had that were still any good was my sockets, my wrenches. Um, you know, all the paint guns and body shop tools, they were done, you know, so I needed a job. So I went to work at a at an automotive service facility and no, no longer doing body work. And uh, as I was doing that, when I won that Vica competition, I got a scholarship to go to a tech school. So I uh, um, was turning wrenches and I said, you know what, I'm not going to let the scholarship go to waste, but I, I knew I wouldn't, it's hard to, tools are expensive regardless. Sure. But I knew I wouldn't have enough money to go buy all those body shop tools again. So I said, I'm going to go to, I'm going to take, take advantage of it. I'm going to go to um, UTI. And went to Phoenix, Arizona, went to a tech school, came back, um, went to work for an independent shop. But I kept trying to get in with a Ford store, really wanted to get in with that Ford store. Finally got in with a Ford store, worked my way up, and I was a Ford master tech. And, uh, so you started on the service side. I started on okay. the service side. All right. So I was a Ford Master Tech there for uh, four years, maybe five years and uh, kept wanting to uh, go to the sales side and uh, I couldn't convince them, you know, they, you know they, they didn't want to lose me out of the shop. Sure. You know, no. they never could, I couldn't get the opportunity on the sales side, well, in uh, late 2002, maybe one, they were short a salesperson on a Saturday. And uh, they were busy, and they asked me if I wanted to come sell a car. I said yes. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, sure, but I said sure, yes. Sure. I was excited. You were like you know? knighted, right? I you was know what I mean? Ready, like, yeah. Get on
0: your knees. We're gonna knight you right it was. now. It right? was. like
1: it was the biggest opportunity for me, and I was so excited. Sure. Um, I went up
0: there, and uh, I
1: sold a car that day. You know, and uh, isn't that
0: just the greatest feeling? You know, it was. When you can service that client like that,
1: right? I, I'll never. I'll. You know, as as being in the back, you know, I really appreciate and had a lot of pride in what I was doing when I was fixing cars sure. and I wanted to make sure I did it right. But I never got the reward that I wanted to have, sure. like on the front side. Yeah. You know, and the first customer I ever sold sold was Ray and Cheryl
0: Ripka. The uh, fact that you remember their names, by the way, is monumental.
1: You know, Ray and Cheryl Ripka. And I remember the truck that I sold them it was a crew cab, Chevy, four door, gas motor. Um uh, and I remember not even knowing what I was doing, but I just remember I did it right. I don't know what I did, but I did it right. They were extremely happy. Sure. And, and I felt so good about it, you know, and I wanted more. I was hungry. I wanted more of it. You know, I, I really loved pleasing people, sure. you know, and I felt like I got to do that in that role. Well, needless say, Monday morning, I went back in I went straight to the general sure. manager's office and said, this is what I want to do for a living, you know? No. Did not happen. I got to sell a couple Saturdays a month sure. at best. Well, Michael Martin came in out of nowhere and bought that store. And uh, I remember he came in. I remember the change. None of us knew that the sell was happening. Right. We were all scared. It's you typically know. what happens. Yeah. We were really scared. I wasn't sure what was happening. Well, uh, Michael Martin came in when he bought that store. I went to him first thing. And this is back in what year? This is May of 2003. Okay. All right. And I said, hey, Mr. Martin, I've uh, I've been in the shop for a long time. I've got to sell cars for a few Saturdays, you know, a month for the last several months, but I want to do this. This is what I want to do for a living. You know, this is really what I want. And uh, he says, you know what, if this is really what you want, I'll find another technician. Let's, let's make the move. And I remember uh, going home that night. And I didn't have much money. I was young still, you know, and there was a a little store page called the Dan Bar & Grill and right next to it, they had an outlet store. I went in there and I bought myself like four button-up shirts, didn't have any, Sure. bought myself two or three pairs of slacks and a pair of dress shoes. And I remember laying them out of my bed and I still lived at home with my parents, didn't have much money to get out of the house or nothing. And I remember my dad walking in and said, son, what do you got going on here? You know, and uh, I said, Dad, I'm going to sell, you know. And yeah. he goes, I'm going to go sell cars. Yeah. And, he, he, and he had that look on his face like, you know what? What changed? You know, I said, I really want to do it. You know, I really want this bad. I said, I, you know, I had a goal for a long time to, to own my own independent shop. You so know, I said, but now I want a dealership, Dad. I think I could do this, you know. I said, I understand the back end, and now I can go up to the front end, and I can, I can understand it and learn it. And uh, he goes, son, you're guaranteed work in the shop sure. you're How's gonna it make it all the time you know right. and I said dad but I can do this you know and he says you know what I hope you can you know and he goes I know you can as long as you work hard I know you can you know and, um, and it's meant so much to me and it I think that means more to me talking about it now sure than it even did then you sure know? I lost my dad about sure. a year ago and I think about it all the time yeah. and him push pushing me all the time and uh, I remember putting on. I, I could actually remember the color of the plaid shirts I had. They were all the
0: same, just a little. Did different you just say color. plaid? Yeah. Or I'm not gonna hold that against yeah. you, by the way. They were. I'm leave that they one were plaid. They I'm were plaid. Really, I'm gonna leave that one alone. They were plaid, right and I could
1: remember them, you know. And I didn't have an a shirt, you know. Sure, sure. They were wrinkly, you know. I didn't. I didn't get it, you know. But I know when I went there, I was full of passion, and I loved what I did, and uh, I just I could not get enough of it, you know. I just wanted more and more and more and more, and it consumed me. Sure. I really did. Also, Michael and myself, we worked together for you know um, from May, and uh, probably two years later, he moved me up to uh, uh, to start helping in the finance office as maybe a finance assistant slash salesperson. You know, some more time went on, and I remember him taking to me to the auction for the very first time. Uh, and you know, when I went to an auction, I'd always assume you know one lane and. uh, couple cars running through and, and you sure try to do what
0: you're going to do sure. you know yeah. I had
1: no clue that there's
0: it's nothing like there's that.
1: 26 it's, lanes yeah, it's nothing and, like and that. Yeah. thousands of cars yes, going through you yes, know yes, well yes. Michael's educating me on how to buy I don't know if Michael remember this he might so he's buying some cars and uh I remember uh walking down the lane and I seen this gold Cadillac and uh it was like a new no, that's 7,000 miles on I don't remember the year Maybe 2003 at the time. It looked brand new. 7,000 miles on it. I was excited about the car. And it was so cheap, you know? I remember I raised my hand so quick. I, Michael wasn't with me. He let me go for sure, sure. a few minutes. I, I, I don't think I was supposed to be raising my hand, sure, sure, but I did, sure, you yeah. know? And I raised my hand with that bidder number so proudly, you know? And I bought that car, you know? And I was so excited, you know? I bought my first car at the auction, you know? And I remember that slip coming out of there, and I was so proud of it, you know? And I remember taking over to Michael, and I said, I just got a great deal on a car, Michael, great deal. He goes, let me see your slip. You know, I could tell he was cautious. He said, you know, let me see your slip. I hand it to him and he goes, who'd you buy that from? And on the top of the auction slip, you don't know who you're buying it from until you get the slip. It said car junkies. And he goes, that's not a good sign to start with, but let's look down the slip a little farther. And it said salvaged title. Oh yeah. I had no clue what I bought. He's like, you can't buy that car. I said, well, I already did. He goes, well, I get that we own it. Yeah, yeah. We cannot take that car. We don't. That salvage title. He, and I wasn't that experienced with it. He goes, but it's been damaged. This car is no good. Sure. You know, we don't sell cars like this. You know. And I said, well, the car looks perfect. But you know, I was a technician. I was pretty good. I said, what do you mean? How do you know this is a salvage title? He goes, it's branded. They they noted it. So when you go by the auction lane, there's lights. Green light means the car is a good car. Red light means caution there's something wrong with this car don't raise your hand in other words you know so needless to say we didn't take that car back to the lot to retail it we left that car at the auction and red lighted it and ran it back through the cell and we lost some money yeah yeah you know that car did not bring it to the cell what i thought it was going to bring and uh Valuable lesson, you know. Never knew, didn't know what to expect. He was telling me, "Look at car values, understanding." You know, at that time, there was no app, you yeah, know, to tell no. you what to buy this car for. It was gut and a yellow book that was about an inch thick, that's you right. know. Yeah. And so that's what I, that's what you look through. Well, finally, I got a little bit better at buying used cars, and I started buying a lot of the cars for the dealership, you know, and worked myself up to sales manager. Worked myself and stayed there for a long time, you know, and uh, still regret it to this day. In March. Fifth, two thousand eight, I got a really good opportunity to go run a Ford store and go from a sales manager to a general manager. Sure. Which is a huge leap, by huge the way. Huge leap. And I was young, I was excited. And I think it hurt Michaels and my relationship. It really did. I think it hurt him. Um, I was young, I don't I don't think I seen the big picture, you sure. know. However, when I got to the new store, phenomenal experience. You know, opening my eyes really got me out there and and I really learned how to run a store and and learned a lot about it. You know, well, uh, um, I was the owner of the store. His name was Gerald Hatch and he passed away, um, in a plane accident going to NADA. Well, at that time, you know, the family dynamics and a few things came into situation and, and we just felt like that store was not going to be the best fit for me and my family, you know? So, um, we reached back out to Michael and, uh, Went back to work with Michael, and uh, you know we've been at it ever since. You know we went from one store, added a few more stores on, and uh, our friendship has just continued to grow. And uh, this is probably the last place I ever want to work. You know, this this should be it for me. Yeah, no more, Uncle.
0: <laughs> yeah, the synergy between you guys is so unbelievable. It,
1: you know it. Uh, I can tell you. You know, you never know who your trend, true friends are until you're down and out. Of course. You know, and and in this business... It's when you're at the bottom, by the way. It is, you know, when you're at the bottom. You know, and I, my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer um, uh, October 16th of last year. And uh, we knew it was terminal. And that was my Superman. That was my hero. Sure. You know, and uh, couldn't figure out why there was nothing we can do, you know. And I was at a really low spot, and I can tell you, Every day, he'd send me a scripture almost by text or give me a phone call. Every single day. I wanted to be there with my family and any time I needed to go. To be there with my family, it was never questioned. It was never about business. It was never about you got everything done at work. It was go. You know, and to this day, it was extremely challenging to go through That experience with my father, with my mother, with my brother, with my sister, it was my wife and my kids and everybody being supportive for all of us through that, but I'll tell you what, you know, when his time passed, and, and I knew Michael was extremely busy, you know, eight stores, and I knew he had so much on his plate at that time, and I was at my dad's funeral, and lo and behold, he walked through the door. And I don't know if he'll ever know how much that really meant to me, because I knew his situation and sure. how much work we had. Sure. And with me being out of the store, how much more work I added on his plate. Sure. And he showed up. Didn't miss a beat about it. I and I've never even in, invited him because I just knew sure. in my heart hearts there was no way he could possibly make it. Sure. You know, to go from California to Page, Arizona. There's no flight into there. I knew that he had to probably fly up to Phoenix, drive all the way up for it, you know, and then lo and behold, you know, things are tough, you know, and I know that him and his cousin Chris Taylor, who both worked for me, when we were finishing the reception, I got ready to settle up with the bill, and the bill was taken care of. You know, and it just, you can't find people like that to work with or work for, and, you know, it, it was. It's just something that you'll never forget. Sure. You know, when you're down and you're out and you're low and you got so many things going on in your mind for someone to come through and do something like that for you, you know, it's... We don't have a partnership. I mean, we do on paper. Sure. But it's beyond that. It's just a, a true friendship, you know, and that just tells me, you know, no matter what we leave this world with, if I leave this world with integrity, morals... And if someone just steps up and says this guy was a man of his word, that's all I want out of life. That's it. That's what I want want my legacy to be. You know, and and I think that Michael is a good friend, is a mentor. I think he walks in those steps every single day. And and that's just what our synergy is. You know, he he pushes me to be a better man, and, and I hope I push him to do the same. But you just don't find a partner or a boss
0: to be on that same level with you. And that's where we're at. That is a phenomenal story, my friend. And that tells you uh, the type of person that you've aligned yourself with. Uh, When you're trying to grow a group, like alignments become crucial and key, right? Um, The fact that you were able to align with him and the fact that his moral compass is pointed in that direction, the way your moral compass is pointed, um, I've often said, right, it's, the character of a man is not what he does when everyone is looking, it's what he does when no one is looking, right? He didn't have to show up to that funeral, but it wasn't about that. It was the right thing to do, and because of that, right, um, I think you guys will not only, your partnership will continue forever, but again, based on you know, whether you want to or not, he'll continue to grow, uh, because people like that, uh, You know, I believe in karma, and people like that uh, will always be blessed one way or another. That's just the way it is. You know what I mean?
1: I, I, I firmly believe in that. You know, I think that every single day, you know, it's, it's easy to be motivated by money. Sure. But what really do you get in return from money? Sure. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy friends, no. real friends. You cannot. The only thing that you can do is do right every single time in every single situation. Sure. And if you do that, you're going to be paid in more riches and glory than you could ever even add by money, you know, trying to put any dollar figure together.
0: I have a saying, money should be a byproduct of doing what you love and doing right by others. I've said that when I was 18 in the car business when I started. I've said that when I got out of the car business and opened up my marketing company, when I opened up my software company, when I opened up my print shop, that is, that is what you live by, and it sounds like you and Michael run business in that exact same way.
1: You know, um, we, we strive, you know, and, and we're human. You know, we're gonna make mistakes at times. It, it's gonna happen, you know? That's okay, because we'll do everything in our power to make it right. You know, we have employees, and our employees might slip up from time to time, and if they slip up at that time, that's okay. It's okay, but we have to make it right. And we have to learn from that mistake. And if we can do that in every single day, with every single customer, we can't fail.
0: That's fantastic. Well, listen, um, first and foremost, I know you did not have to talk to me today. So I am very thankful and appreciative of your time, first and foremost. I have nothing but respect for you. I hope the community after this podcast has nothing but respect for you, right? Um, I think that this dealership is beautiful. I think that your partnership is amazing. Uh, The fact that these two guys are the head of Mercedes-Benz, of Flagstaff, uh, Flagstaff Buick GMC, and Lake Powell Ford, the fact that you guys operate in that way, I think the community should be proud and should be happy at the fact that they know they can do business with people just like you at your place of business. You know what I mean? So for that, we thank you. We appreciate you. Um, This will be one in a many line of podcasts, by the way. Uh, but I was glad I was able to to capture this on voice and disseminate so people understand. So I want to say thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it, and um, we'll be back. Thank you. I appreciate it, Joe. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by the Martin Automotive Group.
1: Martin Automotive Group is dedicated to delivering automotive excellence while providing both unprecedented customer service and an extraordinary workplace environment. They have dealerships in New Mexico, Arizona, and California filled with dedicated automotive professionals ready to serve your needs. Also, special thanks to the team at Think Creative. Think Creative is a full-service digital marketing agency offering businesses of all types forward-thinking campaigns, including video marketing, social media, web development, and SEO. Visit youthinkcreative.com for all your digital marketing needs.